0: Welcome to Choice Classic Radio, where we bring to you the greatest old-time radio shows. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, and thank you for donating at choiceclassicradio.com. The makers of Campbell Soup present the Campbell Playhouse. Orson Welles, producer.
1: Mrs. Orson Welles, the motion pictures and even the radio and the living stage have made it clear by now that the female of the species is not only more deadly than the opposite sex, more desirable, but also more durable in times of stress and more to be relied on for the solution of even the bloodiest murder. And in case these observations may seem as irrelevant as they are certainly irreverent, Let me break down right here and admit the subject of tonight's broadcast is the bloodiest of bloody murders. Now, as to the ladies, time was when all the girls used to do in a mystery story was to scream, scream loudly and be grasped at by horrible, uh, clutching claws. But all that's been changed. And the heroines of these modern romances are ladies apart. They are not the ones to find themselves clad only in something filmy and feminine being carried off by a gorilla whose identity you will be subsequently requested not to divulge. They are not susceptible to hypnosis, to the blandishments of sinister Latin, and they never faint. They are accomplished in the use of firearms and can escape from anything, including suspicion. But the gentlemen, I am sorry to say, have degenerated in our new fiction into a pretty pathetic low among human things. There seems to be no excuse for us. I say us because tonight I am fated to attempt before this microphone the portrayal of one of these wretched beings. No, the lady bloodhounds could do without us if they didn't still insist just for appearances on the old traditional turnout of likely suspects. There's always a woman which is tonight's story contains no less than two murders and Miss Mary Wilson. Miss Wilson is one of the most promising of the talented and personable young women whom Hollywood has discovered in recent days. Her frequent appearance, as what is called a dumb and dizzy blonde, is, let it be noted, an outstanding example of what is known as the entertainment world as casting against type. In There's Always a Woman, Miss Wilson demonstrates again that dumbness and dizziness can be surface disguises of infinite resources and a far-seeing purpose. But, before our story of the evening... Mr. Ernest Chappell has a question to ask us,
0: the answer to which I'm pretty sure will be unanimous, Mr. Chappell. Thank you, Orson Welles. And ladies and gentlemen, the question is simply this. What one soup would you say most deserves to be called a family standby? As Orson Welles suggested, I'm pretty sure of your answer. Isn't it vegetable soup? Bowls of homemade vegetable soup, I imagine, are among the very earliest memories of nearly all of us. Maybe we also recall the time and trouble Mother took to make that soup simmering the stock and preparing the vegetables. Yet, as Mother's will, she always felt rewarded when she saw how much the family enjoyed it. Today, most of us still have a keen liking for vegetable soup. But wives and mothers increasingly are giving up making it and instead are serving Campbell's vegetable soup. Are you at your house? Of Of course it will save much kitchen time and trouble... But a far more important reason is that one taste of Campbell's will convince you that it's made in the time-honored, good home way. Grown-ups and children alike enjoy the 15 different garden vegetables and the rich beef stock that together make Campbell's Vegetable Soup so stout and hearty and nourishing. You'll realize why women everywhere agree that it's almost a meal in itself. Wouldn't piping hot bowls of Campbell's Vegetable Soup just hit the spot with everyone at your house tomorrow tomorrow? And now Orson Welles in There's Always a Woman with Marie Wilson.
2: Statement to William H. Reardon for a three-month rent due $375. Unless this bill is paid in on the 4th 1st, the undersigned reserve the right to re-rent the premises, signed Frank F. Carter. Oh, Bill, what are we going to
1: do? I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to get my old job back. Hello, is this the district attorney's office? District oh, no, attorney, Bill, there. No. Shut up. This is uh, Bill uh, Reardon. Now, hello, Joe. Let me be in? Half an hour, thanks.
2: Oh, Bill, where's your pride? I just
1: swallowed it. It's the only thing you can swallow on credit. Come on, Sally, we'll go down and see the D.A. together. You can make up your mind your husband is just too dumb to make a go of this detective business.
2: Uh, Not me. I'm going to carry on here. All
1: right, you carry on, but make sure to get out of here by the first of the month, unless you want Mr. Carter to re-rent you, too. Well,
2: I hope you don't get the job. If
1: I don't, there's a cute little bench in Central Park where we can spend the summer.
3: Oh, Bill. And
1: don't be too sure of that bench. It's first come, first served in Central Park.
2: Come in.
4: Pardon me. Is Mr. Reardon in? No. Could you tell me when he'll be in? I want to see him on business.
2: On business? Uh, uh, Well, uh, won't you sit down? Thank you. Uh, Mr. Reardon is out right now on a very important case, but if there's anything that's... uh, See, um... Uh, could I have him call you? I prefer not to give my name. Oh, just as you wish, Mrs. Frazier.
4: How did you know my name Frazier?
2: Well, your picture was in the papers when you were married, and it's a detective's business, ever to forget a face.
4: Are you a detective?
2: I'm Mr. Reardon's chief operator. I handle all his women clients. You see, women often feel that they can talk more freely to another woman. And you keep this not a uh, confidential. Well, I won't even discuss it with Mr. Reardon. But he'll have to know, won't he? Well, not unless you want him to. You see, you will be entered in our book. There's a number. Uh, now, just a moment. Let's see. The last case was, let me see, number 375. Your case will be number 376. And now then, what can I do for you? Well, there's a
4: person I'd like to have shadowed. Her name is Calhoun. Anne Calhoun. Here's her picture.
2: Oh, thanks. Gee, nice looking, isn't she? To to Lola who is doing a much better job than I would have done. Anne. Is this inscription anything to do with the case? Anne Calhoun was
4: engaged to my husband before I... Before. Oh,
2: uh, I understand. Oh, there
4: hasn't been anything to understand until a week ago. Then quite suddenly, Mr. Fraser began getting letters and phone calls from her. I haven't spied, but I, I know her handwriting and I know her voice. There's something going on between them and you've got to find out.
2: If I don't solve it by the first of the month, Mrs. Fraser, I'll retire from business. I'll just leave this office. Oh, by the way,
4: if you want to get a good look at her, at Miss Calhoun... She and my husband and I and Jerry Marlowe are dropping in at the Skyline Club tonight.
2: Uh, the Skyline Club? Well, I'll be there.
4: Now, I dare say you want some advance money for expenses.
2: <laughs> I dare say.
4: I don't know what your rates are, miss, but uh, how would $300 do?
2: $300? Why? I'm sorry. It's all I happen to have with me. Of course, if you insist. Oh, I... no, no, that's all right. It's... Of course, it's less than our usual rates, but I'm delighted to make the exception. Thank you, Um, Miss Operator 7, just call me that. Goodbye, 376. We're at a detective agency, Operator 7. Who's that? You sound awfully happy. Oh,
3: I am. I got my job back. Let's celebrate.
2: What's the salary? I said celebrate. What do you get paid? $75 each and every week. Oh, isn't that nice. Hey, what's wrong? Oh, I said, isn't that nice. Say, what did you say about Celebrating? Let's start packing. But what's the worry? We got until the first.
1: Okay, if you don't mind being lonesome. Tell me, how's the Reardon Agency coming along under its new management? Oh,
2: splendidly, thank you. Splendidly. Customers are popping in all over the place.
3: Customers? Name one.
2: The Reardon Detective Agency never reveals the name of its clients. That's part of the Reardon policy.
3: That's an easy policy. Mm-hmm. There aren't any Reardon clients. Any more bills come
1: in?
2: Uh, several. Uh, three great big ones. Say, didn't you say something about Celebrating? Sure. Where do you meet me? Well, how about the Skyline Club, Bill? We can afford it, can't
3: we? No, we can't
1: afford the
2: Skyline oh, Club. Oh, just this one. It's
1: Bill. always just this
2: one. Oh, Bill, I just love the Skyline Club. Sally,
3: we can't afford the Skyline
2: Club. I just love the Skyline Club, don't you, Bill? Well, don't you, Bill?
1: No, it's too expensive, but it is pretty, and this man wants to take your order. He's not waiting to ask you to dance.
2: Oh, oh yeah. excuse me. Let's see. After the puree Mongol uh... Uh... I think I'll take the filet mignon. Next night. You mean instead of filet mignon? No, I'd really rather have the filet mignon. And some sliced tomatoes.
3: Sliced
1: tomatoes, yes, madame.
2: And some potato salad. And
1: some potatoes and potato salad. Uh, they're on very far How about uh, that, dear? Yeah? Oh,
2: yeah, and some coffee. Uh, does strawberry go with my tea? Madame,
1: will find out. Too sweet, madame. And you, monsieur Riedel? A small glass of water and the hard roll. Toasted? If you insist. With the regular dinner, sir? If you insist. Any wine, sir? No, thanks, sir. I mean, no. Now, wait a
2: minute. I might want some. Why don't you ask No me wine, waiter, me? and
1: make it quick. You're very good, monsieur.
2: Not you entry scruples? No,
1: just mathematics. All I have is a twenty dollar bill. Uh, you don't by any chance have a couple of dollars in your purse.
2: Money? Well, why didn't you say so? Now let's see, I've got this. Uh, got a half a dollar and four pennies and Three sticks of chewing gum. Give me the half
1: a dollar. You can keep the chewing gum uh, Oh, wait a minute. Uh, Mr. Shane. Uh, Hello, Mr. Reardon. That's the man I want to see, Mr. Shane. Will you uh, cash a check for me, Mr. Why, Shane? Sure. Uh, how much do you not want? Not much. Uh, Twenty five bucks.
2: You better make it fifty in case you want some uh,
1: champagne.
2: No, champ, uh, uh, Reardon, Mr. Shane. Oh, how do you do, Mr. Shane? Good to meet
1: you, Mrs. Reardon. I'm uh, Here's your fifty. Thanks. Got a pen? I'll write you a check. Oh. Here I am.
2: Oh, you're taking an awful chance, Mr. Shane. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's got $50 in his account. Well,
1: I'm sort of used to taking chances. <laughs> your wife has a great sense of humor, Mr. Reardon. Have you noticed it, too? Here's your check. Thanks. Haven't seen you around lately, Mr. Reardon. No, I've been busy. How do you like being on your own? I'm not exactly on my own anymore. I'm back with a DA. Oh, that reminds me. You don't happen to have his home phone number, do you? Well, you did me a favor. Lexington 8672. And he won't be home till pretty late. Lexington 8672. Thank you.
2: Uh, don't tell him where you got hey, it.
1: Excuse me, Mr. Shane. The captain told me to tell you there's a car for you in the office, really. Excuse me,
2: folks. Oh, certainly. I'll okay. probably see you around
1: later. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Bye. Nice personality. Yeah, uh,
2: most gamblers have. Gambler? I thought you said he owned this place. Well, he
1: also happens to own the casino across the river.
2: Uh, why couldn't I have married a man like that instead of a prohibitionist? See, I'll bet he could have got us a better table than this one, too. We're lucky you... to have
1: a table at all. Do you remember way back, Sally, on the phone when you promised if I brought you to the Skyline Club you'd go light on everything?
2: But that was before you made the $50. What $50. $50 you just got from Mr. Shane. Oh,
1: excuse me. I forgot uh-huh. about that. Of course, there's always a chance that he might deposit that check. Well,
2: even if he does, you still have $50 more than when you started out. And that's certainly a profit.
1: Certainly is. Mm-hmm. Do me a favor, will you, Sally? And don't mention it to the income tax people. They don't understand finance as well as you do.
2: You know you can trust me, Bill. Sure. Ate your soup. Not soup. It's puree mongo. Try not to
1: eat so noisily, even if you had a couple of martinis. That's quality folks. The next table. Oh, phew, that's
2: not quality folk either. I'll bet they're just as unimportant as you and I. For
1: your information, Mrs. Reardon, they are people that any one pretending to be a detective ought to know at first sight. They're Mr. and Mrs. Fraser. Faber? Frazier. Uh, F-R-A-S-E-R. Oh, I get it, Frazier. I get it. <laughs> this other man is Jerry Marlowe. Transcontinental copper. And the girl's Anne Calhoun. You know Ann Calhoun. Oh, and right, and you're going
2: off again, Bill Reardon. I don't think you know anything about it. Be them. quiet.
1: Not so loud, Sally, please. i
2: are not talking half as loud as they are? No.
4: Why
1: should
2: we let... Mr. Terry, I just thought it'd be dead
1: to Walter. Who's that, Walter? Say, who's engaged to Anne, anyhow? Don't be jealous, Jerry. If you two think
2: you're going to put anything over... Turn around, they'll notice you're staring at them, Sally. I'll bet they love it. Why, if I was a society, I'd want everybody to stare at me all the time. I wonder
1: if you'd answer me one question.
2: What question?
1: How did a smart guy like me happen to marry a dumb cluck like you?
2: Oh, I don't know. I don't think there's any explanation. No, probably not. one of those things, you know. you know, this silly mignon is delicious. It's delicious. Glad you enjoy it. Like eating your lamb. Not hungry. Well, you paid for it. Don't be extravagant. I don't
1: want anything more to eat. Waiter, bring me something to drink. Champagne. One glass. One glass.
2: Two glasses, waiter. Oh, yes, (laughs) madame.
1: And more than enough to drink, Sally.
2: Well, I can still spell Mississippi. M-I-S-I-P-I. correct?
1: It's as close as you'll ever get. Let's
2: go back to the table.
1: What is it now?
2: We're going to get another chance to learn how to talk when oh, we you get into society. Get there
1: and just listen in on a lot of lark. Well, can I
2: help it if I, to I want to be talking like Mrs. Fraser oh, sh- and Miss Calhoun. Sh- how sh- ah, quiet this is for. A... And I've been dancing with somebody else's husband. She well, it wouldn't be the
1: first time he lost you, Anne. What do you mean by that, Jerry? I'll tell you what I mean by that. Anne's engaged to me now, and I'll still the first guy to try to take her away from. Bravo! Bravo! That's
2: a spirit! Oh, just a minute,
1: Sally. madam. Our conversation is no concern of yours. Oh, I know,
2: yes. but you were excited. Yourself so beautifully, I couldn't help but listen in. Sally,
1: will you please shut hey, up? See, if Sally, I
2: knew Donnie. this gentleman's name, I'd be glad to. Listen here, listen young lady. Bill, yeah, but you I'm don't. Walter, well, let's pay the check and go. Oh, you think Mr. Fraser means I checked too? Sally, you'd
1: better shut up. What, do you think so? Come on, let's go. Uh, look, mister, would you like me to Ellie, shut up? Coming.
2: Yes, I'm coming. See, Bill, you
3: are wrong. They won't even answer me. You're lucky. Wait oh, up. Yes, Mr. Reardon. You can give Mrs. Reardon the check, please. <laughs>
2: It's true when it says here in your paper... Uh, I uh, It says here in your paper that Walter Fraser was shot. Shot dead in Jerry Marlowe's apartment.
1: Uh, just a minute. I'll give you the city desk. Okay. Good
3: morning, city desk.
2: Oh, can you tell me if it's true about Walter Fraser?
3: Madam, are you kidding?
2: Well, it is here in the headlines. It says Frazier was shot in Jerry Marlowe's apartment.
3: You
1: think we put it in to improve circulation? What do you want? Now? Well, I
2: wonder if I could interest you in the Fraser murder.
1: Why? Did you kill him?
2: No, but I think I know who did. I'm Sally Reardon of the Reardon Detective Agency. You know.
1: No, I don't know, but go ahead.
2: Well, if you don't want to know about a threat that Marlowe made, I can call the Globe. You know, there's more. The one paper in New York.
3: Yes, okay, okay. We'll send somebody over. What's the address?
1: take it easy, Marlowe. I don't want to take it easy. And you're a fine lawyer, I
4: must say. Take it easy. Can't you read? Marlowe, guilty, says, blonde investigator. Why should I hire anybody who says that? To make her stop saying That's that. bribery, Mr. Ketterling. I don't want any it.
1: You made the threat, didn't you? Yes, yes, I made the threat, but I didn't kill him. That's important, too. Not as important as you think. The important thing is to make sure you're not convicted. Mrs. Reading is right here,
4: Mr. Ketterling.
1: Good. Send her right in. And you be nice to her, Jerry. Well, nice, nice to her. I'd like to kill her. You keep on talking about liking to kill people, and you'll be a suspect in every murder trial in New York. This way, Oh, how how do you do, Mrs. Reardon?
2: Oh, are you Mr. Ketterling? You know
1: Mr. Marlowe, don't you?
2: Oh, well, we met last night, didn't we? I mean, well, maybe we didn't meet, but we spoke. Mrs.
1: Reardon, I've explained to Mr. Marlowe that you've agreed to do some investigating for us.
2: Well, you understand, Mr. Marlowe, we're very busy down at the office just now, but this was such an interesting uh, case, I felt I couldn't afford to turn it down. That's
1: very generous of you, Mrs. Reardon. Don't you think so, Jerry? Yes, very generous, very generous.
2: Uh, Yes, Mr. Ketterling and I agreed upon 200... a week and expenses, didn't we, Mr. Ketterling? That's right.
1: And here's your check, Mrs. Wait Reardon. a minute. Mrs. Reardon, how are you going to fix that newspaper story?
2: Oh, <laughs> that. <laughs> Excuse me for waving this check in your face, Mr. Marlowe, but I want the ink to dry. Hello? Daily bulletin. Uh, give me the city desk. City
1: desk. Good morning.
2: Uh, hello. This is Mrs. Reardon. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I've got a new story for you. Got your
3: pencil ready? Ready.
2: All right. A Marlowe Innocent, innocent says blonde investigator.
3: Make up your mind, lady. Well, well, I know I
2: said he was guilty, but just this minute I picked up some new evidence. <coughs> and I hope it doesn't sound. Hello, Bill. Are you home?
1: I'm home. Why'd you repeat that crack of Marlowe to the reporter's?
2: Which crack? When a man
1: threatens to kill a rival in the nightclub, you know he's not going to do it. Why did you repeat it to the reporters?
2: Oh, I didn't repeat anything. I just happened to be talking to the Daily Bulletin in one way or another. I...
1: Sally well, Reardon, you tell noise. me the truth or so help me, I'll kill you.
2: Everybody wants to kill somebody lately. Have you noticed? Sally. Well, I told him I was going to get some publicity, or rather I told oh, you I was going, going to get publicity. Well, after all, Marlowe did say But it. he was
1: drunk, and I'm supposed to be working for the district attorney, not trying cases in the newspapers.
2: Gee, oh, I didn't mean to do anything wrong, Sally, Bella. I
1: appreciate what you're trying to do, but I've told you before, it's the man's place to make the money for the home, and it's the woman's place to take care of the man when he comes home, Sally. Mm,
2: Bill, you're perfectly right. And to prove it, I'm going into the kitchen right now, and I'm going to get you the best supper you ever had. How do you want your coffee, weak or strong? Strong. I've
1: got things to do tonight. What things? I thought you were going into the kitchen.
2: But, Bill, why, she'll take an interest in what her husband is doing, don't you think? No. Uh, are you and the D.A. going to arrest anybody
3: tonight? No, but
1: I'll tell you who the D.A. would uh, like to arrest. Who? You. No. Mr. Marlowe, you're not going to get anywhere by trying to oppose us. What the DA wants is the truth. If you're smart, you'll cooperate with us. You'll all cooperate with us. Good morning, Mr. Evans. Mrs. Fraser, you know District Attorney, Mr. Evans, I think. How yeah. do you do, Mrs. Fraser? sorry, of course, trouble you at a time like this, but can it can't it be all, helped. I can
3: do it. Oh,
1: yes. We want to know exactly where in this apartment each person was when the shot was fired. How about you, Miss Calhoun?
4: I was in the kitchen mixing a drink. And, and where
1: was Mr. Fraser?
4: I don't know. I I am sure he was in the living room. Is it
1: true that you were once engaged to Mr. Fraser, Miss Calhoun?
4: Yes, I was. And now you're
1: engaged to Mr. Marlowe. Yes, I am. And what office? Nothing, Mr. Marlowe. I may have to dig into some of these relationships. trying to make a lot of fun. That'll do, you. Where were you, Mrs. Fraser, when the shot was fired?
4: I was in the library. I was reaching for the phone. Where
1: were you, Marlowe? To, to tell the truth, I've had a couple of drinks. I couldn't swear where I
4: was. But Jerry, you were in the kitchen with me. But Jerry.
3: I thought... Yes,
1: Mrs. Fraser? Oh, nothing. You were about to say something.
4: Jerry had just walked me through the living room to show me where the phone was. The shot came almost immediately, and I... I didn't think he had time to get back to the kitchen. He had just come back when the shot was fired. Well, what about it, Marlowe? I told you I
1: don't remember. Nobody seems to remember much anything about this hey, affair. Partner, what is it, officer? Here. Could you come out in the hall for? Sure, room? I'll be right back. Excuse me, sir. Jerry didn't do it, Well, There's a crazy dame been trying to get in here. I told her she couldn't. She told me to memorize this message and to give it to you. Memorize it, dearest darling. Don't forget the butler, Sally. She said you were dearest darling, and you'd know who she was. I know who she was. No answer. Go back to your post. Hey, you there! Come back here. You, the butler. Yes. What's your name? Gregson. Where were you last night, uh, Gregson? When Mrs. Uh, rather, Mister Fraser was murdered. Oh, I was asleep, sir. The shot white me. I put on a bathtub and I came down. How long have you worked for Mr. Marlowe? I engaged him in London two years Nothing ago. Nothing wrong with your memory now, Mr. Marlowe, is there? Well, you better start remembering some recent last night. I want to take a look at your pantry, Grigson. Yes, sir. Come on. I'm in a search apartment. We haven't been able to visit Grigson. Oh, I don't know. Sir. You haven't seen it, have you? No, sir. Get away from that door. What are you trying to do? Conceal something in that icebox? No, I wasn't trying to conceal it. I'll take a look honest. anyway. It's all right. Wait a minute. That's a funny place for an ice cube tray. Well, I, I, I didn't have time to put it back in the right place. I'll just take I a look at it. Well, what have you got to say now? Well, I... I don't think I understand. It's it. not so hard to understand. There's a gun frozen into that tray, that's all. Why, oh, I I've never saw it before. <laughs> what have you found? Nothing much, just this gun. Where was it? In the ice cube tray. How do you come for that, Grigson? I, I don't know, sir. Ever handle a gun? No, Here, sir. take hold of this gun of mine. Don't get scared. I'm taking the cartridges out. Yes, You say you never shot a gun? No, sir. Well, here's your first lesson. Shoot this. Oh, no, sir. I, I couldn't. I wouldn't know how, Just answer. pull the trigger. Give me that gun. Yes. You never shot a gun before? No. You sir. knew enough to release the safety catch before you pulled the trigger. Look yes. yes, Take it out You can't do that. Marlowe, you were told to stay in the other Are room. Are you trying to hang this on gun? Want to go along with Mr. Marlowe? You bet I do. Fine. Maybe they can help you to remember down there where you were last yes, night. Yes, and I warn you, if any attempt is made before... The trigger, come on. Come on. Just a minute, Bill. Yeah? Whatever made you suspect the button? Oh, just instinct. You know how it is. You get a hunch. Just one of those things. attorney's visit.
2: Well, will you please tell him that Mrs. Reardon is here? I'm
1: sorry, you'll have to wait. you have a chair, please. Why, how do you do, Mrs. Reardon?
2: Oh, Mr. Shane, fancy meeting you here. Uh, can I sit next to you? I wish you would. Tell me, Mr. Shane, what is a high-class restaurant owner doing in the district attorney's office, if I may ask? Oh, I get around. Say, I hope you aren't here to complain about my husband's chair.
1: <laughs> no, that hasn't bounced yet. What might you be doing in the district attorney's office, if I may ask, Mrs. Reardon? The new clues on the Fraser murder? How did you know? Oh, I've been following you.
2: You've been following me? In the papers. Oh. I understand
1: that you no longer think Jerry Marlowe is guilty.
2: Oh, no. That first story I gave out was just a red herring. Respect the butler? Oh, no. It's never the butler. When you've read as many... When you've handled as many detective cases as I have, you know it's never the butler. Oh, they always look guilty, but it turns out they never are. They found the gun on him. Oh, they always do. That's just to throw you off the track. Now, uh, no, there's just one clue that may be worth... Mr. Shane, maybe you can help
1: me. I'd appreciate the opportunity.
2: I guess what was in that envelope that Ann Calhoun gave you the other night?
1: Envelope that Ann Calhoun gave me?
2: The night I was in the Skyline Club with my husband. I
1: don't know what you're talking oh, about. Sir. Yeah, hello, Mr. Evans. mean, I'm sorry, but I won't have time to see you. Well, I called you the other night. You said to be sure and drop yes, in. Yes, I morning. know, I know, but that was before this Fraser case turned up. Uh, come in and see me next week. Sometime. All right. All right. I'll, I'll call you when I'm ready for you. Okay. <laughs> Goodbye, Mr.
2: Evans. <laughs> Goodbye, Mr. Shane. Think it over. Oh, could I have a moment, please, Mr. Evans? I must talk to you. I have some very important clues.
1: I've been reading all about your clues.
2: Oh, but, but, but this is a new one. Yes,
1: tell him to your husband. Maybe he'll listen to it. Oh, no, you see,
2: he isn't speaking to me these days. a yeah,
1: smart fellow, Red.
2: You know, Mr. Evans, I think he's mixed up in this case. Who, your husband? No, Mrs. Shane. As it happens,
1: I was talking to Shane over the telephone just about the time the murder was committed. What do you think he was doing, holding a receiver in one hand, a revolver in the other? Maybe
2: he's a ventriloquist. Look, Mrs.
1: Reardon, I have great sympathy with your husband, greater now than with any man I have ever met. And if you don't stop well, butting into sure this case... I
2: trying to help, sir, the ends of justice. The ends
1: of justice have gotten along very well now until without you. So will you please go away? All right. If you've got any sense at all, you stop pretending you're dumb. We've been here for three hours talking to you, and we're prepared to stay for 30. It's up to you. I don't know anything, How Mr. How did that Redden. gun get into your pantry, Gregson? I don't know. How did that gun happen to have your fingerprints? I don't know. You can't pin this oh, thing on no, that. At the day. end of this month, you went to a pawn shop located at 374 Hillcrest Drive, Newark. No. You bought a revolver there for $15. No, I the didn't. Pawnbrokers identified you from your photograph. I do not Before believe you it. bought the revolver, Gregson, you examined several rifles. No, I didn't. He tried to sell me I did but... walk into that, Gregson. Well, well I, I bought the gun for Mr. Marlow. Marlo sent you to a pawn shop. No. He gave me twenty dollars to go and buy a He gave a you gun. twenty dollars to buy a gun and you bought one for fifteen dollars. Tiddled him out of five dollars. Well, I hid the gun for him. Well, oh, you I did hide the gun. Oh, well, after I bought the gun, Mr. Marlowe kept it in a drawer in his room. About a week ago, the gun was missing. Did you speak to Marlowe about it? No, I didn't think it was any of my business. Go on. Well, when the shot was fired, I put
4: on my bathrobe and I rushed down. Fraser's body was lying on the floor. A woman was screaming.
1: Yes, Mr. Marlow. Tell us about that. Tell us about Mr. Marlowe. Well, he, he was trying to quiet the ladies.
4: Mrs. Fraser and Miss Callum I saw a gun lying by the French window. The gun you bought at the shop? Yes. I picked it up and I slipped it in the
1: bathroom and I hid it in the pantry. Marlowe told you to hide it. No. What did he say when you told him where it was? Oh, I didn't tell him. You expect it. us to believe that? I don't care what you're believing. It's
3: the
1: truth. Mr. Marlowe, I read you the statement we got from Grigson. What have you got to say about it? All right. All right. I did have Grigson buy a gun. What of it? The gun disappeared about a week. The gun just walked out of your desk. I don't know what happened to it. Did you ask Grigson about it? No. When I saw it was missing, I was glad. Why were you glad, Mr. Marlowe? I was afraid I might use it on Fraser. You bought it to use on Fraser, didn't you? Yes. Why? Because he was up to something with Anne. With Miss Calhoun, I mean. She's been worried to death about something, and she's been writing. How him. do you know she was writing to him? I was with him in his apartment one day when a maid brought his mail in. I know Anne's handwriting. He didn't open the letter. He just looked confused and slipped it into his pocket. Any idea what it was all about? No, she denied everything, and he lied. I was going crazy. I just killed him, all right. I'm sorry I didn't. Cheer up, Marlowe. Maybe we can prove
3: you did <laughs>
0: and Wells in the Campbell playoffs presentation of There's Always a Woman with Marie Wilson. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. Ernest Chappell, ladies and gentlemen, welcoming you back to the Campbell Playhouse. In a moment, we shall resume our presentation of There's Always a Woman, but first, as we all realize in a very few days now, the Christmas holidays will be upon us, and with the children home for vacation, we usher in the happiest and the busiest season of the year. Perhaps the busiest person of all in every home will be mother. There'll be entertaining, dinners to be given, gay parties for the young people, possibly relatives staying over And the task of planning, preparing, and carrying through this round of yuletide activities will, of course, fall mainly upon Mother as the heart and center of the home. Among these tasks of hers, none will loom larger, probably, than the planning of meals. And so I'd like to remind every mother listening tonight of the part that well-chosen soups can play in holiday menus. Apart from the wholesome nourishment you know good soup provides for everyone, not forgetting the children, You'll be delighted to see how the serving of a tempting soup can dress up even your simplest meal. Give it a really festive touch. During the holidays just ahead, I'm sure you'll want to serve Campbell's soups often for their fine home-like flavor and for the real help they can give you in meal planning these busy days. And now Orson Welles resumes our Campbell Playoff presentation of There's Always a Woman with Marie Wilson.
1: Thank you, Mr. Chapel, and we'll proceed in just a minute.
0: But before we do, who killed Walter Fraser?
1: Uh, did
0: uh, you do it, Mr. Wells? Well, oh, that isn't fair.
1: I'm the detective, but uh,
0: you never know.
1: Uh, how about uh, Marie Wilson, Sally, Mr. Chapel? You're speaking of my wife, but she knows more than she's telling, or she's telling more than she knows.
2: Why, dear, I never knew you cared. In fact,
1: I think there's less to Miss Wilson than meets the eye. Well, how about me? Who are you? You know perfectly well, Orson Welles. I'm Ray Collins, heavily disguised as Nicky Shane, the gambler. And I'd like to know what Grigson, the butler, was doing with Marlowe's revolver in the ice cube train. Everett Sloan, you're playing Grigson. Nah, just a minute, Ray. I must warn you, Everett Sloan, that anything you say will be held against Grigson. Well, I don't want to name any names, but the gun belongs to Edgar Barrier, who's playing Marlowe. Yes, but I don't keep my guns on ice. Shall we suspect the ladies? Tad
4: Bounder. That was Mary
1: Taylor and Georgia Backus in the order of their appearance. Mary Taylor plays Lola, the first client of the Reardon Detective Agency, the wife of the murdered man. And, uh, George Abacus plays Anne Calhoun, who was engaged to the murdered man and who is now, interestingly enough, engaged to Mr. Marlowe. I object. This is irrelevant. Name, please? Frank Reddick. Never mind the billing, Frank. Okay, I'm playing your boss, the district attorney. And I'll thank you to get on with the case. Remember, please, that a murder has been committed. That's right. There's another member in the cast, Mr. Richard Wilson. I'm sorry, Mr. Wells. I'm Walter Frazier. I can't step out of character. I'm dead.
0: I think this has gone far enough.
2: Hello? Uh, Mr. Ketterling, please. Oh, hello, Mr. Ketterling. Oh, I've marvelous news for you. Uh-huh. Uh, I tried to get you earlier, and then later I was out myself shopping. Uh-huh. I just get in, got in this minute. Huh? Uh, the good news? Well, it's not exactly good. I mean, well, it looks pretty bad for our client, poor Mr. Marlowe. <laughs> yes, but don't you worry. I have a plan if I can get rid of my husband. Uh, I'm, I'm starting out at 8 o'clock, and... No, I can't tell you yet. Hmm? Well, because I'm not quite sure what the plan is. <laughs> Goodbye, Mr. Ketterling.
1: All right, you dirty little double-crosser.
2: You heard the phone call? I heard
1: part of it. I wasn't interested much.
2: Oh, you weren't interested much.
1: No, after a man has discovered his wife is double-crossing him, nothing she can say can interest him. And besides, Mm -hmm. the man at headquarters is listening in and taking down the full conversation.
2: You mean these wires are tapped? In a way. Then you know everything? No, I'm not
1: that good, but I do know that Ketterling and Marlowe have hired you.
2: How did you find that out? I'm
1: the smartest detective in town. You told me so yourself once. Of course, that was before you thought you were the smartest detective in town.
2: Anyhow, I got some clients. Yes,
1: he got one client, a potential murderer. Is that so? To me, the most convincing proof that Marla was guilty is that he hired you. Only a desperate man would do that.
2: But he's not guilty. That's
1: your story, and you're being paid to think it. He had his man buy a gun in order to kill Frazier, and Frazier was killed. That adds up, doesn't it? No,
2: it doesn't add up. The gun was stolen from him a week ago. Can you prove that? No. But I'm going you to. You haven't got a chance. Well, if I do, will you admit that I'm a better uh, better man than you are, are am? Well, anyway, just good. You bet.
1: I know when I'm licked. Well, I must be running along. I suppose I ought to warn you that wherever you go tonight, you'll probably be shadowed by one of my men.
2: Oh, that's not fair, Bill. All
1: fair in love and war. Say, hey, this, is, this
2: is war in a way, isn't it? Mm,
1: but it's love, too, I guess, or <laughs> I have divorced you long ago. So long, dear.
2: Oh, so long, Oh, no, As a matter of fact, I'm going out, too. Oh, Bill. Yeah? Doesn't this remind you of the Civil War stories, you know, where the northern... Uh, a captain falls in love with a beautiful southern spy? Yeah, a little. Oh, and
1: uh, when you get back home, if you're not too tired, dear, I wish you'd go through my dressing and look over my socks. I think some of them need mending.
2: Oh, that's what I like about you, Bill. You're so romantic. Mm-hmm.
1: Pick
2: him up. <gasps> One move and I'll fuck you. Tiago, I didn't know any body. You yes, here. you will never
1: leave this room alive?
2: Oh, uh, I'm married to the greatest detectives in the whole world. And he'll track you down to the ends of the earth.
1: You don't mean Bill Reardon.
2: Oh, oh Bill. Yeah, I'm never so glad to see anybody in my whole life. Lucky
1: well, for you I was here, that fellow would have plugged
2: you. <sighs> my legs are shaking. I was really scared. I'm
1: glad you had that much sense. <sighs> What are you doing here in Mrs. Fraser's apartment?
2: Same thing you are, looking for clues. Sally,
1: you're starting to get silly. Why don't you go home and mend those socks I told you about? You might as well. do our searching together. together.
2: If you find a clue, you tell me. And if I find a clue... I know.
1: I'll... If you find a clue, you tell the newspapers.
2: Well, why don't you answer You're crazy. All right, I'll answer Hey, hey let go of my wrist.
1: You nitwit. I think you would have answered it.
2: it might be a clue now. We'll never know who was calling.
1: That's right. Now, whoever was calling thinks this apartment is empty. I've got a hunch that's why the call was made. I
2: never thought of that, Bill. Now, from now on, every time I hear a phone ring, that's the first thing I'll suspect. You
1: talk too much.
2: Oh, this is Mrs. Frazier's dresser, all right. Look. Look, Bill. This stocking's got any better than mine. Are you
1: searching or are you sightseeing?
2: Look at that perfume. Isn't that lovely?
1: Yeah, that's lovely.
2: Hmm. That's the kind she wears, all right. I wonder what it is. Embarrassment number five. Oh, buy something from me for my birthday, would you, do? It's only $25 an Will hour. You
1: stop drenching yourself in that perfume, you little thief? All
2: right. Hey, where are you going?
1: Going back in the living room.
2: Well, I'll stay here. I'm going to take a crack at that wall safe. I'll bet there's a lot of clues in it.
1: Suit yourself. Take crack the
2: wall safe. You
1: never
3: open it. wall safe.
4: Hey, hey, what's that? It's a
3: radio. Hey, well, will turn it off, you idiot. A oh, radio. Oh, I thought
2: it was a wall safe. A radio.
1: I won't feel sorry for Marlowe having, having to work for him. Well,
2: anybody can make a mistake. Not as many mistakes as you make. I promise.
1: <laughs> I'm trying to get in. Have that light quick. you.
3: Come on.
2: Good evening. Oh, why is Miss Calhoun? I, I, how? Oh, what's that letter you got in your hand? You just took it out of the drawer, didn't you? That's what you came here for, isn't it? What are you doing here? Now, don't try to change the subject, Missus Calhoun. Give me that letter. That's my letter. You can get that back. I
3: now. Sally, Sally, come right here. Oh, Hey, I have to have that letter. I'll I'm
1: get good. the letter later, Miss Calhoun. Sit down. Why don't you tell me all about it?
4: You wouldn't believe me anyway. Maybe
1: not, but I'll tell you what. I believe now that you wrote Walter Frazier a blackmailing letter. Blackmail. Yes, blackmail. Blackmail, and when he wouldn't be blackmailed, you killed him.
4: No, no. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Well,
1: make it the truth, because I'll find out pretty soon, honey.
4: I was desperate. I'd lost $2,000 in roulette. Roulette? Where? Chains, Place, Across the river. I gave him a bad check for it. I was going to ask Jerry Marlowe for the money, but I couldn't. Why not? You're engaged to him. Well, I didn't want him to think I was marrying him for his money. So I, I wrote Walter and asked him for old time's sake to lend and me. And he the... did?
1: If that was all, why'd you take your life in your hands to steal in here?
4: Because I thought Lola might find the letter. I didn't want Jerry to know. Can't you understand? Are you
1: sure, sure Jerry doesn't know and suspect the worst?
4: You're just trying to trap me and say that Jerry killed him. He didn't. If anybody did, it was Lola. She was jealous. I, Oh, I don't know what he said.
1: Yes, you do. I'm sorry, Miss Calhoun, but I'll have to arrest you. You
4: can't. You have nothing to arrest me for. Have
1: you got a permit to carry this gun in your purse?
4: No. Then I can
1: hold you in the Sullivan Act.
4: Please, That's Mr. That's better, really? isn't it,
1: Miss Calhoun, than suspicion of murder? Oh.
2: Miss Lola Fraser, please. Just tell her operator number seven is calling. Oh, hello. 376? I'd like to make an appointment to see you. Well, I've come across a letter that I feel sure will interest you. Nine o'clock is fine. It's your apartment? Thank you. 376. We'll I'll
3: be there.
1: Yeah, Bill. I had a dictograph put into Mrs. Frazier's apartment early this morning. Well, I am talking didn't. to somebody right now. Now, listen. All right. There it is.
3: Well, why the... mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Decided,
1: so I hey. How's You yeah. A little
3: higher. Oh, All right. There we are. The is, will you pay me then? You know I'll pay.
1: Oh, you that know I'm Sure. That
3: I'll get my money. I decided, out sure. That your was out and I have no, sure. go so got, got a hunch. If they ever found out that I knew you and that I left you to marry yeah.